Hey guys, before we started the episode today, I wanted to remind you all that we've got a live show coming up. It's on January 25th at the Green Space. Um, it's going to be at 7 p.m. That's in New York City. You can get your tickets at thegreenspace.org. We'll have um, lots of guests, old and new, and lots of chai will be flowing. It's going to be great. Please come and, and have fun with us. Come and see something and say something with us. Tell me if this experience sounds familiar to you. I get into a cab because I need to get out of the Lower East Side really, really quick and get someplace uptown. So I wave down a cab, get in the cab, take a seat, tell them where we need to go. I relax a little bit, take a look at the name on the plate, and, you know, their name is also Ahmed, or maybe their last name is Ali. And you go, hey, your name is Amadali. My full name is Amadali Akbar. And they go, really? Where are you from? And then I would go, oh, well, I was born in Michigan, but my parents are Pakistani. And they say, oh, my gosh, I'm Pakistani, too. Where in Pakistan is your family from? And I'll say, you know, my dad is from Faisalabad and my mother is from Rawalpindi. And they go, Rawalpindi? Seriously? That's where I'm from. I grew up in Rawalpindi. And where did you live? I go, oh, I lived, you know, my mom's house is on on the road by the park. And they go, no way. Right there? I used to pass there every day. And they go, yeah, that's, that's where I'll go visit every time. And then for the next half hour, we start building this, these connections of how my parents came to America, how they came to America, how their kids grow, are growing up in America, and how it feels to be a Muslim in America, how I experience being a young Muslim in America. I think this happens to me about 75% of the time I get into a cab. Like, no joke. This is not an exaggeration. And it happens not just with Pakistani cab drivers. It happens with all sorts of different Muslim backgrounds. So obviously it's, it's easy for me as a single Muslim man in a cab to talk to a, another Muslim man in a cab. It's an access that I have that maybe other groups don't have. Like if you're a non-Muslim or if you're a Muslim woman, it might not. There's all sorts of other issues that might make that connection impossible. But for me, it's a strangely easy way to connect to another random Muslim who otherwise I might not ever talk to. So for this podcast, we wanted to present that kind of conversation with you guys. We're all about presenting different types of voices and experiences of being Muslim and to complicate what it means to be Muslim. Um, but of course, how could you talk about being Muslim in America in New York City without talking to a cab driver? So for this episode, I've invited a cab driver onto the show. Actually, we did the whole interview in the cab um, because we also recorded a video with him. And I asked him about his life and, you know, how he came to America. Those same questions that um, I always experience when I'm in a cab with a, with a Muslim driver. Hello. Uh, hi, how are you? I'm Ahmed. Hi, Jamil. Nice, nice to meet you. How are you? Pretty good. Um, are you are you uh, Muslim background? Ah uh, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Um, I'm Ahmed. And I'm, where are you from? I'm Jamil. I'm from Pakistan. Oh, you're from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm I'm from Pakistan too. My oh, parents are Pakistani. We're from Pakistan. They're from Faslabad. Oh, I see. I'm from Faslabad. You're from Faslabad too. <laughs> actually, oh, actually, my dad is from Faslabad. Oh, that's my good. mom is from Rawalpindi. I see. Huh? Yeah. Um, okay. So wow, we're uh, we're close. We're, we're pretty close for a bunch of strangers. 
So, uh, what it, is, do you feel like if, if I walked into this cab uh-huh. and we said salam, uh-huh. would you feel like a connection? Of course, definitely feel the connection, you know, the person from back home, then of course they start talking about back home, you know, from yeah. Pakistan and the other. Yeah. See, I always have that when I come into a cab. It doesn't matter. They can be Pakistani, but they can also be. There's Moroccan. I've had like conversations with Moroccan cab drivers, yes. with Uzbeki cab drivers. You say Salam Alaikum. Oh, of course, they, if, they, they, if they read my name on the back, you know, they, they understand I'm a Muslim. Yeah. So mostly, you know, they understand that because I'm a Muslim, they say Salam Alaikum. Yeah. When they say this one, so for me, yeah. it's like easy to ask them who they are, where they come from. Yeah. You know? I definitely have always felt that connection when you say salam alaikum to somebody. You sort of become like brothers or friends. Definitely you feel like that. So of course, after spending, you know, a whole day with uh, Uncle Jamil in his cab, interviewing him, talking to him about life, drinking chai, finding out like his whole life story, I knew that I had to tell my dad about it because he not only is somebody who feels very connected to Faslapat um, and his hometown, but he also is somebody who taught me to, that it's important every time you get into a cab to get to know the person that you're riding with, to learn from their stories, to tell them about your life. Um, and he has done that since I was like eight years old. Um, and uh, I decided to call him up. Assalamu alaikum, Ahmad. Walaikum assalam, Abu. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, good. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, uh, all the way from Pakistan, you're joining the show. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised that you wanted to interview me. I didn't realize that you had forgot that I was in Pakistan, so <laughs> long, lo- long distance interview. I did completely forget you were in Pakistan, but thankfully you were like, anything you need. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's midnight sure. for you, <laughs> and it's yeah. like I'm comfortably sitting here at 150. Uh, I know you listen to all the episode show, Abu. So, do you want to do the intro? Oh, welcome. This is See Something, Say Something. This is a program which Ahmad interviews people. He discusses normally issues which are related to Muslims in America. He loves to say, I don't know if he actually does it or not, that this is a discussion over chai. <laughs> <laughs> You're the real chai and, and And he, he uh, offers chai to his hosts and he enjoys uh, continuing the discussion from there. I'm, I'm offering you a cup of chai internationally. Okay, Abu, I'm okay. sure you have okay. one with you. Okay, yes. I'm drinking coffee. Okay, so throughout this episode, you're going to be hearing from bits from my interview with Jamil in the cab and also um, my conversation with my dad that I had afterwards. Um, Uncle Jamil he is a uh, cab driver who's been working in New York since the 80s. He's of Pakistani background. He's got two daughters. And he also is a big film aficionado, which we talked about a little bit as well, just because I wanted to know some of the things that he likes to do in his spare time. And you'll also be hearing me talking to my dad, who had never used Skype before and downloaded it and made a new account and called into the studio at 1 a.m. from Pakistan. 
But first, let's start with Uncle Jamil. Uh, you, uh, Jamil, uncle, do you want to speak to me in Urdu? My Urdu is not so good. Yeah, really? My Urdu is not so good. I'm studying my children in Urdu. 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 I'm studying my कोई उर्दू नहीं पता था अच्छा ठीक मगर कॉलेज में मैंने एक उर्दू क्लास में लिया हूं और लाइक मेरा ग्रामर इतना अच्छा नहीं है और मेरा तो लफ्ज मगर हम थोड़ा सा बात कर सकते हैं ठीक है यस सो आई एम सॉरी अ लॉट ऑफ आवर लिसनर्स um, but my uh, older daughter, you know, I was teaching by myself, you know, yeah. and my wife also. And uh, the younger one, you know, I'm a little busy, you know, but um, I have the teacher for her. Sure. She's, she's learning on online, you know. But at the home, we speak Urdu at home, you know. I, my first language was Urdu, okay, I but I forgot it. <laughs> and I only learned it in college again. In college again. But luckily, I, I my Urdu is not so good, yeah, but good. I can... I manage. Um, understand. Baat kar sakte. That's good. We can talk a little bit, you know. I, I can listen to it and hear all my grammar being wrong, the the gender agreement. G- gender, right, right. I, yeah. I always had this issue yes. where I would call myself a, a, a girl. I would give myself the feminine tense. Um, yeah. and everybody would make fun of me. In my family, anytime I try to speak Urdu, everyone would make fun of me, except for you, Abu. You were the only person, but my sisters and my mom would make fun of me. But the one testament to being in New York that's so nice is every time I get into a cab, I speak uh, like... If we start speaking Urdu with a, a Pakistani cab driver, they'll talk to me the whole time in Urdu, but like they mm. never make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they, I'm sure, see their own kids struggling. The reason your gen- gender about yourself was wrong because three people in your life uh, whom you talked a lot to were women, which is your two sisters and your mother. So And you were never home growing up. You were a very busy growing up. I didn't see yeah. you enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't get sad. Don't no, get no, no, sad. no, I'm not getting sad, yeah. <laughs> the classic thing that I used to say was, like, which would mean I'm coming, uh, like, I am, I'm, I'm arriving, basically. Um, and uh, I would say it as a woman, even though I'm supposed to say, so mm-hmm. I did that again. I know. Yeah. It's so sad. You were pretty cute, Emmons. <laughs> So I also asked Jamil about his children and how they're adapting. I wanted to know, like, what kind of adaptations they've made. Also being children of a Pakistani immigrant like myself. So how does it feel like they they grew up very differently from you, oh, yes. right? I always think about this, you know? When my dad was 18, yeah. he was in Faisalabad. He did went to college in, in Pakistan. Okay. Um, your kids are like me. They're growing up in the states. In, in state, yes. How? What's? What do you feel like the differences are between those those experiences? Uh, of course, there is a difference. That's education difference. You know, over here the education level is so higher than the back home. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, um, but at home, you know, our culture was same like that in Pakistan. I mean, and uh, uh, same like what? What do you mean? 
I mean, um, my, my kids, you know, they regularly, they pray, you know, my right. I mean, they follow their religious duty, right. as we used to do in Pakistan. Right. And um, I mean, Namaz, Rosa, I mean, right. and the other religious duty, they, they do uh, regularly. And um, that's something, it's same like that from back home, you know. We used to do. So you're you're not you're confident in your kids. Oh, thanks, Lord. You know, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Because a lot of people think it's it's hard to raise kids in America. Um, um I think uh, first we're supposed to put ourselves, our life, front of them as a um, uh, example. You know, mm. uh, you fulfill your duties and your religious duty also. You know, your kids are gonna follow you. you know? If let's like, say I'm not following um, my religious duty or the other duties, you know. Right. So social duties, you know, so how come your kids going to follow you, you know? Right. So this is more important first. We have to show our life in front of them as example, you know. That's what my father believes yes, too. Sir. So yes, my father yes. always, he uh, also feels that way, you know? Yeah. People choose, like Islam is like one of those things where it's like, you have to decide to do it, you know? It's, it's not easy and you kind of need to um, have an example and something that uh, you can follow, and that's also something useful that my parents did. Yes, our kids are a little different than us, you know. Sure. You know, tougher than from us, you know. Tougher, really? Yeah, the reason, you know, over there in back home, atmosphere was same Islamic atmosphere, you know. But over here, it's a little bit different than that, you know. The culture is a little different, sure. you know. So mm. If they want to follow the, I mean, duty, you know, it is a little bit more tough for them, you know. So, so you must be proud of them. Yes, yeah, thank, thanks, God. You know. Abu, when you were raising us, how did you strategy? Like, what was your strategy for making sure that we followed the kind of principles that you wanted us to to follow? Children follow the example of the parents, and I think he used a good example. If I'm telling you to pray all the time, and I don't pray myself, then you know it doesn't really uh, make that impact on the child. But at the same time, there was a time when you were growing that I would force you a little bit more. Yes, to pray. Uh, to pray, but I do not now anymore because. I truly believe it has to come from your heart. And I also feel strongly that the connection between you and God is not just through prayers. Hmm. It's uh, treating your fellow human beings, I think, is as important as it is just to be praying five times a day. And as soon as you finish your prayer, you go into the world and don't treat treat people right. I don't think that's what a religion uh, uh, teaches, that religion teaches to be kind to the fellow human being. You, know, you, you so. inculcated good ha- habits in me that I appreciate. I mean, you know that I value going to Friday prayers a lot, mm-hmm. and I try to. And I don't always find like in a way. I had two examples. One was you. One, the other was on me. You yeah. are somebody who is very quiet about his religion, but you pray all the time, and you go to the community and you invest. But you know, you're 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 not going to say like I've never heard you say like Oh, God has this plan for me, or you know, God has my back. You sort of do your thing and be humble about it as compared to our my mother who was a very spiritual person she didn't pray that much comparatively like i just comparing you two i mean she of course prayed but um she was a more spiritual person she was a sufi she talked about like divine love and you know i think i do more like i'm more on your side but i don't pray as much either so i need to like it's interesting how i'm trying to reconcile those two things yeah, I, I think also personally when people ask me what does prayer really mean to me, and I think it's just that that I'm just stopping every few hours, five times a day, yeah. just to say thank you. Yeah. I mean, people sometimes feel that 
it is some kind of a ritual I'm doing, and I'm really not doing a ritual. That is why I, I do it uh, comfortably, because to me, it's a way of stopping this during this busy world, which we can, you know, you uh, literally, I feel that way that I blink my eye and a week has gone. But then I have these five times a day that I slow down, even if it's three or five minutes, disconnect myself from this world and say thank you. That is all it is. So he hearing both of them, uh, Jimmy Uncle and my dad, talk about their sort of fl really pretty flexible approach towards raising children, uh, it just it made me so happy because part of what I'm interested in and what I've always done is uh, on the internet is try to complicate and give some humanity towards what brown dads are like and how they raise their kids and how they're adaptive. So I'm always curious to hear about what they were like before they were dads, what their first day in America was like. So that's what I asked Uncle Jamil. Tell us about the first time you came to America. Like what, what was your first day in America like and why did you come here? Honestly, I came here, one of my best friends, he moved here. Uh -huh. He was my pretty close friend named Mazar. Um, and I was feeling, I mean, so depressed after that, you know. So that was the only that he left you. Yeah, he left me. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, guys so are besties. He was, he was my very, very good friend, you know. <laughs> so he came here, you know. Then I tried to be here, you know. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I got the visa. And How old were you? I was like um, 26 years old at that time. Okay. So um, I think 25, 26 years. Okay. So. so uh, what what were your goals when you came to America? Like what what, what did you, what were you hoping to? Uh, as I uh, told you first, uh, the reason was that you know, my best friend came over here, and the second um, I have in my mind, you know, probably I will do the MBA, you know. I see. Uh, because I'm bachelor from uh, in accounting for back home, and when I came here, you know, as a foreign student, you know, I found out, you know, it's it's uh, pretty expensive, you know. Right. I was unable to manage that, you know. Um, unfortunately, a couple of years later, my uh, friend got murdered, you know. Oh my gosh, I'm so and sorry, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, some guy was following him, you know. Mm. He saw money in his pocket, you know, and unfortunately. Oh, I'm so sorry him. to hear that. So, um, that was a very bad day for me, you know. Of course, in yeah. Shed, you know. And uh, after that, a uh, couple of years later, you know, I got married, you know. So you got married in Pakistan? In Pakistan, yes. Got it, got it. Yes, sir. Then, like four or five years later, my wife came here. Okay. Thanks God. So, my uh, older daughter, she was born in Pakistan. Oh, okay. And uh, my younger daughter, she was born here in the United States, you know, I New see. York. I see. Hmm? Uh, I was uh, working in a men's clothing store, and uh, like more than a year. Manhattan, Brooklyn? I'm in Manhattan. Manhattan, Manhattan okay. on 34th Street, next to the Empire State Building. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, you know, I quit. I said, oh, I'm not making good money here. Mm. So then I started driving cab, you know. Did a friend suggest it to you? Uh, yeah, one of my friends, you know, uh, there is another friend, you know, he was driving cab. He just, so he advised me. So I made right. my license, you know, and I started driving cab. You came to New York in 76 or 77? 76. Were you ever concerned that you weren't going to make it? Like, who helped you, you know, who is your connection? Who is your your friends in America that made it work for you? 
Um, I had helped several of my friends who were uh, senior to me in medical school with their passports in Pakistan, with their visas, with their uh, whatever I could do with my connections in Pakistan. So when I came, we had literally a receiving committee of few people on the airport. Mm -hmm. So I really never, I was very lucky that I never really felt that I was uh, not going to quote-unquote make it. It was just a question of how long it will take, what a big struggle it was. But the other thing also was that as physicians, I have had this experience, I've had this discussion about the privilege of being a physician. Physicians are very lucky. They have uh, uh, good practices. They have these patients who love them, and they have felt that they are very welcome uh, in the society they live in and work in. That's part of why I'm asking in a way, because it's it, it does seem to bring up this question of privilege. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just thinking about who are the Pakistanis that you that were there for you in terms of when you arrived. Like um, you know, you had people who are in professional careers um, with like a sort of an ecosystem feeding people. Right. It just seems like there was never a question that you know, with a medical degree, that you, you were going to get a job and. Your plan was to go back to Pakistan and be a doctor there. But, you know, things worked out for you here and you decided to stay and have these kids, these American kids who put you on podcasts and interview you about your life. So we've already established that um, Jamil, uncle, and my dad are from the same town in Pakistan. It's a coincidence. Um, and then, of course, they both moved to New York in the 70s and 80s. Uh, it gets even closer than that. Um, it turns out they go to the same mosque. And you might be thinking, Jamil, uncle, is in New York and your dad's in Michigan. How is that possible? Jamil, uncle, goes to a mosque in Michigan, like... 45 or 50 minutes outside of my outside of where my dad lives and my dad also goes to this mosque there's this like sufi leader over there who has a lot of followers around the globe and my dad and Jamil uncle just love him they love him so much and Jamil uncle was so excited to hear about this and he pulls out his phone and he goes uh, this is me going to Turkey and going to Cyprus to visit uh, the home of the Sufi order and I was like my dad went to Cyprus too <laughs> like both of them have been on this trip with this the Sufi leader from Michigan um, and you know, if I wasn't in Jimmy Uncle's good graces before then, he that just solidified it. As we were leaving, he was like, I'm just so happy that your father is part of that community. I'm so, so happy. And, uh, you know. So anyway, I told my dad, obviously, and we talked about it afterwards. Um, and I'm not a big Sufi, but my dad is. So he wanted me to know what the most important things about Sufi practices. And let's, you can hear him talk about it now. 
But I think the main thing for a Sufi gathering is zikr, which is, as you know, spelled Z-I-K-R, which basically means remembering God and kind of repeating his names in a group fashion, which is like doing uh, yoga or doing a <laughs> prayer form or even relaxation. By the way, Abu also does yoga. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the last two no. years. Yeah, I, I, I really think during yoga, what I have done is I still do my zikr during yoga. People will say whatever they do, and I do my zikr during uh, yoga, which means, again, remembering God and basically not exactly using those words, but saying uh, thank you for all the things uh, we take for granted. As you know, as Abu, Abu knows this, but I, I, like, I don't necessarily... Um, follow much Sufi. I don't really follow many Sufi thinkers or feel very connected to them, even though I know they're very popular. But I do love zikr. It is ve- very beautiful. Um, and, you know, it's something that I have always appreciated doing and I find to be very... And hopefully no, uh, you know, small startup in Brooklyn tries to monetize it that's white. Like, please don't ever take zikr for Muslims like you took yoga. That's just my feeling, but... I no, might... no, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> so one way I think um, I bonded with my immigrant parents was to watch movies with him, especially my dad. He was always so busy, but he would always find time to watch movies. Um, And it was one of the things he really loved to do. Um, And I think it's like some sort of quintessentially Pakistani uncle thing somehow. I don't know. That's my experience. Could be wrong. So I decided to ask both of them about their favorite movies. Here's what Jamil had to say. Do you prefer Bollywood movies or Hollywood movies? If you're going to Compare the quality-wise, you know, definitely the Hollywood movies are more better than the Bollywood movies. You prefer Hollywood? Yeah. I oh, prefer man, them. I think Bollywood is so much more fun. <laughs> and um, I mean, actually, the movie I watch not only for the entertainment, I think uh, it's uh, very... Uh, uh, I also watch very carefully how the acting was, what the level of acting I is see. over there, what kind of editing is there, what kind of a music, background music, and... Of no doubt, you know, uh, if you're going to watch that, uh, um, this point of view, you know, so Hollywood is, is far ahead of sure. Hollywood. You know. Very true. Mm-hmm. But it, I think Hollywood is really fun. Fun? Yeah, yeah. I, I understand for the, for the fun. I, I, that yeah. is a, that, that's a different point of view. I'm yeah. not saying this one I don't I, I watch. Sure. Mostly I watch the uh, Bollywood movie, you know. Yeah. But I'm comparing as, the, I mean, as a, as sure. a quality-wise. Sure, you know, as, as a critic. A, a critic, yes. You no doubt Hollywood movies are better than this. But we mostly watch the Bollywood, so Bollywood what, movies. So what's your favorite Hollywood movie? Oh, favorite Hollywood um, movie. Um, and then your favorite Bollywood movie as well. Uh, recently, uh, I just watched um, uh, The Revengeance. The I watched the, the movie just last year came. The Avengers? The Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers. So just going to pause there. Uh, we're going to listen to the rest. But he actually... About half hour after the, this interview wrapped, he grabbed my arm and he said, it wasn't the Avengers. I've never seen the Avengers. Don't let them say that I like the Avengers. It's actually The Revenant. And when I first watched The Revenant with my friend, I told my friend, that movie's going to win the Oscar. And my friend said, oh, no, uh, Jamil, you're out of your mind. How, how is this movie going to win the Oscar? And I said, just wait and see. And then it won the Oscar. Movie, yeah. What about a Bollywood movie that is? My favorite movie is Ijazat. I love, I love that movie, you know. I'm going to say that movie is better than even Hollywood movie. You know? <laughs> I 
I haven't seen it. I need to see it now. Okay, I'll, I'll beautiful go. movie. I've never seen that kind of beautiful movie. I'll beautiful definitely go watch that after this. That's beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. So, Ahmed, let's let's watch the Ijazat movie. Let's watch, watch it. Let's watch it. So, Abu, I know your movie watching habit comes from your teen years. Like, I it was one of the things that um, was very popular to do in Pakistan in the 60s and 70s. So, what are some of your favorite movies from that time? Hollywood movies were definitely a great hit and think the hits were normally the westerns. But my favorite was Spartacus. That's one movie I've seen it over and over again and I have just ordered a new DVD which I'm going to sit with my friend whom I used to watch it when I was in my teens. And I'm going to sit down in Saginaw, Michigan and watch Spartacus one more time. And in fact, you the biggest other big film industry, of course, is Bollywood. But because of the Pakistani-Indian relationship, you couldn't watch Bollywood movies in, in right. Pakistan, right. which is a little that different was, now. But Yeah, so the only place to be able to watch uh, Bollywood movies were to go to Kabul, which was the closest foreign capital. We couldn't travel to Iran and people would go in there for a week and watch like two movies a day of their favorite uh, uh, Bollywood movies. We should watch a Jazzit. Yeah, we should. So if you've enjoyed this conversation I had with Jamil Uncle on the podcast, we also did a video with him where we drove around Manhattan in his cab and tried to find the best $1 cup of cheap desi chai. You can find that on the BuzzFeed video page on YouTube. So, so can I correct correct your English the Pakistani way? Sure. You mean inexpensive, not cheap. Yes, I mean inexpensive. Okay. By cheap, I mean it's still good quality. It but was it was in fact inexpensive but very rich. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Abu. Um, sure. I love you so much. You're like yeah. so I fun love to talk you too, to. As doing it on your birthday, so it's even better. Yeah, it's my gift that you're staying up uh, till uh, what two a.m. in it's, Pakistan. It's one, one in the morning. One in the morning and talking to us yeah. for the podcast. So yeah. that's a very nice. Birthday. So can I do another Pakistani dad thing? I, I do all the Pakistani dad things, all the rad brown dad so can, things you want to do. Can I can I ask Megan how is Emma doing? <laughs> uh, Ahmed is a really kind and thoughtful person and i really love working with him oh really yeah interesting so if i come on the 25th megan i'm going to meet you (laughs) absolutely (laughs) me and the entire pod squad okay excellent looking forward to that so on the 25th abu you need to be the host why am i even the host like look at your perfect transitions here you are already a natural um, on the 25th of January, we're having our first ever live show. Um, and uh, that's going to be at the Green Space at 7 p.m. Tickets are available online. You can see it in the description of the episode. However, Abu, you weren't supposed to tell people that you were going to be there. It was going to be a secret. But now now we have to let everyone know that you're coming. You let the cat out of the bag. But it's good. It's good. Um, okay. So you want to meet my dad and, you know... Talk to the original Rad Brown dad. He'll be there. Okay, Abu, thank you so much for talking to us. And of course, 
Uh, also, he's not here, but thank you to Jamil, Uncle Jamil, for spending so much time with me and recording a podcast and a video, which you can watch on BuzzFeed Video uh, right now. It's up right now. Um, uh, Abu, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Great. Okay. Love you. Yeah, love you. Happy birthday again. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Megan. <laughs> This episode is produced by Eleanor Kagan, Megan Dietry, Meg Kramer, and Danny Menendez. Additional production support from Thabir Akhtar, Julia Ferlin, Nina Patek, and Chiquita Pasco. Our music is by The Caminas. Find them at caminas.bandcamp.com. You can find me on Twitter at radbrowndads. And I have a Tumblr also called radbrowndads. Find my writing at buzzfeed.com, the website. You can email us at something at buzzfeed.com. Tweet us at see something. And if you like the show, please rate it on iTunes. I'm Amadali Akbar. Thanks for listening. Also, I just want to say words like college, glass, and grammar all are do words. Okay, it might sound like I'm reaching, but nobody says the do words for those. Especially grammar might be the exception, but even that, I think pretty much everyone says grammar. <laughs> <laughs>